Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen. With me today are Louis D'Souza and Anne-Marie Young. This is your Daily Dose of Happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. And it's great to be back doing LOA Today again after a rather extensive hiatus. This is about like the longest I've been without doing the show, dating back to like the last time I took a full week's vacation. So, I mean, it's been a while. (laughs) But... It's good. It's good to be back. But we did have a good summit last week. So if you missed the summit, you missed a good one. There there will be a replay package available, but I'm still working on that one. But uh, you were there, Henry. Well, first of all, you, you were very helpful. Thank you very much. Oh, but, my uh, pleasure. What, what, what was your take on, on how the whole thing went? Oh, I just thought it was incredible. I loved every second. I, I think I said to you, like, I wish my working day went that quickly because right? it was just so much good stuff. I learned so much. Um, everybody had fun who went, so it was definitely a success. And congratulations! Yeah, I think so. Thank you, and thank you for your help too. I mean, I, I am looking forward to the day where I can delegate a whole bunch of stuff and make it a whole lot less stressful on myself. Uh, but for the moment, yeah, I was pretty pleased with the result. People were very enthusiastic. It was it was, it was very well received, and, and plus, Louis, we had a really unexpected and interesting result from the. Friday workshop because there were two full days of, of speakers on Tuesday and Wednesday. There were three workshops on Thursday and another one on Friday. This one was with Dan Mangano, who does the Thursday show with me and Alex Steed. And it, it was a really interesting workshop because what I asked uh, Daniel to do is something I had seen him do before. He, he basically helps people clear their blocks by deliberately kind of slipping in behind their conscious mind and, and helping that person to get stuff out of the way that's been in the way, um, old programs playing and so forth. And one of the people, everybody participated, everybody wanted to give it a shot, including me. Uh, but one of the, one of the people who also participated was, uh, Maria, Maria, uh, Van Niekerk, who of course you got a chance to meet on the show a few weeks ago. And she was a speaker, a pre- presenter, and she was also a participant. Now, Maria has a long history. You may remember this, but she has a yeah, long yeah, history. No, I've had lots of chats with her, yeah. With, with the fibromyalgia, and, and the pain has been ongoing for 30-plus years. Um, and she reported to us during that workshop that when she started the day, as per usual, the pain on a scale of 1 to 10 was about an 8. So she was kind of in her usual zone. And then Dan did his thing with all of us. And when he was done with Maria's, Maria found that her pain level had dropped considerably. I think she said to about a three. And then by the end of the workshop, she reported it was down to zero, and it's been zero ever since. Wow. Which is a great result. <laughs> and not ex- we, were, we were trying to eliminate money results. We eliminated a health problem, which was like a cool, you know, almost a side effect, really. <laughs> well, if you think about it, what what is she selling, if you want to put the word selling? She she's selling ways to help people um, with their money. Sure, so passive a very income. Strong yeah, strong focus of hers. Very very strong. Right. So yeah, yes, definitely. And that that's that focus certainly served her. But I mean, she's still amazed. She she's sending me and, and I think Emery too. She's been sending both of us text messages over the last few days ever since the summit ended. Just just going on and on about how great it is to be pain free and oh, this is a wonderful result and so forth. Waxing <laughs> lyrical, as they say. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And on yeah, top of that, right her daughter. So, so happy for her. Lovely person. Oh, no doubt. And. Wow. and, and 
as you probably know, her daughter also has the fibromyalgia. Actually, and she, she didn't mention that. Yeah. yeah. She did mention and, her daughter, and I did hear and, her in the background. And she hasn't told her daughter what happened. Yeah, yeah. And the reason she didn't tell her is because she wants to see what happens vibrationally, like how much of, of her daughter's condition is she picking up from her mom? Mm-hmm. And how much can her own healing pass along to her daughter? The last report I, I had the, was the strength and the clarity to experiment on that level. To me, yeah. very few people are there that they would even think of doing that. So, yeah, kudos to her, you know. And the the, the latest report is that her daughter's pain level is reduced compared to normal. So uh-huh. we're going to kind of keep an eye on that. Yeah, how about that? So this is like the last few weeks. Doesn't fall far from the tree. It doesn't. No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, this is also this is in line with what we're doing um, with the Power of Eight group that we started, and Mm -hmm. which uh, some of the listeners have started to uh, link into as well. Um, We have a meeting scheduled for this this coming Thursday, Uh, but it, it really just ties into the idea that once you get a bunch of people focused on the same objective, so to speak, you can get some remarkable results. And we noted during the workshop that the number of participants at the time that Maria was reporting her results was exactly eight. So we had achieved the power of eight minimal level, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. So once again, limbic Taggart's work is being validated, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> but yeah, very, very exciting and, and, rewarding to know that the summit that I've been working on so hard produced that kind of result for somebody. I, I mean, because yeah, it was not expected. Absolutely. I didn't expect mm-hmm. that one at all. Right. No. I mean, how do you plan that? Well, <laughs> if, if, if you, if, if you knew her um, and you understood vibration, the, you might've been able to pick that up, but yeah, I mean, it's a long stretch. <laughs> well, even she didn't expect it. I mean, no, no, just, I mean, she, was she should be the last anybody. person, but but looking from outside would be maybe easier. Yeah. Well, maybe you could. I mean, you see things other people don't see, so that that could be. But... Hello, Josephine. Hey, nice to see you. Nice, nice of you to drop in. It's been a while since we've seen you. Yeah, it's good to see you again. But yeah, just that that all by itself. I mean, the whole summit was really good. The speakers were excellent. They did a wonderful job. Um, so I know anybody who was in attendance took a lot of valuable stuff away. Um, mm. But that, that was just like, that was the ultimate cherry on top to know somebody's yeah. health actually improved substantially as a result of the summit. Wow. All that work was worthwhile. <laughs> so maybe when you do the health one, you're going to make somebody a millionaire. Hey, you never really know. I mean, <laughs> either that or else they're going to get a new relationship. One or the other. I mean. <laughs> But yeah, very, very cool stuff. Hey, actually that, that, um, cues a question in my mind that I wanted to ask you guys. Generally speaking, um, most people who get interested in the law of attraction do so for those reasons. There's money, there's health, and there's relationships. But if you guys were to pick a fourth reason, what do you think would be number four on the list? I don't have any, any clear answer. I haven't done any research on this, but what do you guys think? What would be like, Number four on the I've list. I've definitely got answers to that. Um, uh, not having my mind torture me, uh, more focus and awareness on the non-physical in mm. every shape and form. Um, those, those are my prime reasons. The other reasons that don't really exist for me, although there is the effect 
that the law of attraction has had on those. The awareness mm-hmm. and the uh, conscious use of it. Yeah, and not having thoughts torture you, I can identify with that one. Uh, Josephine says the fourth reason could be a new home. That's true. Yeah, a lot of people want a new home. Physical items, yeah. Yeah. I think mine would be experiences, not just with Mm. like friends and family that would come under relationships, but just relate uh, experiences that I have and to just better myself. And as Louis said, just live a more stress-free life. Yeah, I'll go for that one. I like, I mean, that, that kind of covers all of it because if you have a, a, a stress-free life or I'm not quite sure how you turn that around into a more positive statement, but <laughs> everything else falls into place, right? So I've, I've got a sauna story about stress-free life <laughs> a little bit. What a shock. Let's hear the song. Yeah. Story. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a lot of sauna stories. <laughs> I know you do. Yes. <laughs> no, no. What I mean is just from the last week. <laughs> oh, <laughs> You gotta start writing these down, man. I mean, there's just like I know, so much I know. Gold that comes the title of the book. It's called Dialogues in a Sauna. <laughs> okay, that's a good working title. It, it, it's 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 gonna it's gonna appear one day. Um, but I've got to. Uh, that's why I enjoy using the podcast to record them. <laughs> so <laughs> I tell you guys, and then uh, so so there was this this couple. They just just walked in, and um, I don't know why, but you know, I know. I was chatting to somebody else, but I completely moved off them and moved on to these guys. I just knew it was right, so I went and did it. Um, and they were really concerned about the world as it was at the moment. So mm. I said to them, why? You know, they said it's very stressful and, you know, all this corona and all the lockdowns and all the vaccines and all the other things that are going on in the world. And I, I said to them, can you choose your next thought? So they looked at me and looked at me and I said, yeah, but you know, these things outside that, that, that affect you and all the rest of it and all the rest of it. And they went on and on. Oh, Lee she did. She went on and on about, um, you know, the external influences. I said, I, I completely agree with you. You can't control the external influences. They're going to come in different shapes and forms, but can you choose how you react to them? And the, the woman went on and on about external influences three times. <laughs> <laughs> and I went back to, you know, can you choose how you react to them? Can you choose how, how you react to them? So, um, and, and eventually she said, yes, you can. So I said, can you choose your next thought? And she thought about it and she said, yes, you can. So if you are frustrated, angry, or confused about the world as it is at any moment in time, can you choose to have thoughts about the cat you love, your husband, your, you know, your dogs, your cats, your kids, you know, kids, whatever? Uh, can you start thinking about those? And, you know, she agreed she could. She said, what, what about my, my children? You know, I, I, I need them to do this and that and the other. And I said, do you, do you want to control them? I said, do you think you can control me? I don't know why I said that, but it just popped down in my head. <laughs> <laughs> she looked at me and looked at me <laughs> and she said, you know, um, mm, I don't know. I said, uh, I, I said to her, if if you give them freedom, if if you don't want to control them, don't you think you're respecting their decisions and their ability to make decisions? 
And uh, she was like, mm, yeah, yeah. And then I said, you know, Khalil Gibran's statement, your children are not your children. They are the sons and daughters of life's longing for itself. You can seek to be like your children, but do not seek to make them like you. Your children live in the house of tomorrow where you cannot even visit in your dreams. You are the bows from whence your children are sent forth as arrows upon the path. Let your sending be with gladness. And both of them were hugely impressed. Okay. First of all, um, they look at all that. <laughs> the, um, the guy asked for the name of the author, the prophet by Khalil Gibran about four times. Um, and bo- both of them left extremely happy about, um, everything and whatever. And the guy left. And as he left, another woman got up. Um, she was early twenties in a bikini, very attractive. She walked up to me. She put her hands together, bowed her head and said, thank you for your wisdom. And I put my hands together. I bowed and I said, you're welcome. And she walked out. <laughs> and that was just weird as well. You know, I was not <laughs> expecting that. I know the, the sauna was full, but it, it, it was really, um, interesting because I didn't perceive her listening intently to the conversation. I think she was just lying down completely relaxed, but she had obviously appreciated it big time. And then this guy comes back in and he says, what is your name? I said, my name's Louis. And, and, and he said, my name is Chris. And we shook hands and he, and he left. Um, and, you know, that's just one of the stories. There's, there's two other incredible stories of <clears throat> um well, um, one is it's quite emotional as well, but, um, <clears throat> that, uh, I just wanted to start off with that. I just wanted to know if you guys have got any comment about the, the kind of thinking that is based around that. Well, first of all, I have to commend you for finding a way to be very direct because you were very direct, but you did it in also a way that was very respectful and clearly mm. it got through that way. I mean, that, that's, mm-hmm. that's an achievement because a lot of people who get presented with some pretty challenging thoughts like that might not react that way or respond that way. So kudos mm-hmm. to you for blowing that off. That was pretty good. Yeah. I think I've had a lot of practice. <laughs> hey, you get beat up a few times. Just, you say, okay. I'm not, I'm not going to do it that way anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but one of my other stories, which, which is a good one, um, Included me not being so respectful. Ah. In, in a, in a perception. So, um, I was having this really interesting conversation with this lady and, um, Jamaican, Orangian, um, late twenties, uh, an entrepreneur. And she was saying, you know, she's very successful and all the rest of it. So I said, great. Tell me what you've achieved in your success. And she told, she, she mentors people in achieving uh, success on a very high level, even, um, you know, well-known singers, etc., and other things. So, um, actually, no, that was the other lady. Forget about the singer. There was somebody else that she was, <laughs> it was a big company. I can't remember now, but you know, she, she was very good. So, I started questioning her and then I said to her, these are the words that offended her. I said, uh, there's two ways a human can be hurt. Uh, what do you think they are? And she thought I was attacking her. So she said, you're attacking me with the, must have been the way I said it, my, my voice. Um, you know, the conversation was great up to that point, but now she felt attacked and she came onto me very strongly. So I said to her, now I feel attacked because of the way she came back to me, I literally <laughs> felt attacked. Um, 
so I smoothed it out. I coined the question in a same way, but in a different way. Um, and she accepted that. And we spent the next hour and a half chatting. If it was inside the sauna, it was inside the quiet room, it was outside in the, um, round, there was a fire. They, they don't often have the fire lit in, um, in, in, in the, the health club, but there's a fire there. So, um, she also said she may come on, um, she may come on the program. So I'm really keen to go. Oh, wow. But she, she cured herself of MS. Oh, okay. But she doesn't use those words and she doesn't like saying (laughs) cure and all the rest of it. She's learned to be very careful about how she phrases everything, but it's understandable, particularly badly. And, changed it completely um but what a fascinating individual very powerful um and clear and all the rest of it and you know she was completely um enjoying the conversation after that as i was um but it 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 went to taking a lot of what she was thinking and saying and just tweaking it you know like i do all the time you know focus on it this way look at it that way um all the rest of it so yeah that, that was really a fascinating conversation um and I look forward to possibly having on the show one day. <clears throat> That'd be very cool. Uh, in fact, give her my uh, my Calendly link so that she can pick a date. Make, make sure she knows that you're on Mondays so she can pick. Yeah, a yeah, not ready. You know, I'm dying to get that. somebody who's confident enough from the sauna, so you can see it's not real. Uh, it's really real, and it's not something I just make up. All the time. You're just making it up, right? <laughs> so do we all wear towels that day and pretend that we're in the sauna? Uh, well, if you're in Europe, there's no such thing. But, yeah, yeah, in the UK, um, they, all, <laughs> they all just wear bikinis. Yeah, they don't take towels into the sauna in this country. Um, but there was another one as well um, on another day. And she said that she had the strongest feeling to go into the sauna area. And when you, when you hear the story, it, she just had some really, really bad news. So to go into the sauna was like a bit of an effort for her, but she had the strong nudge to go in there. Now we've spoken before. She says, I don't remember. (laughs) I try not to remember people. I want to see them new when I see them again, see who, where they are at that moment in time. Um, like so yeah, it's a good excuse for, for getting names and faces. <laughs> <laughs> the truth comes out. <laughs> um, oh yeah. There was another lady. I want to talk about her as well. Oh, she was fun. Um, so she's sitting there and we're having this really deep conversation. She was telling me about her friend who, you know, was really suffering from depression and all the rest of it. And she had just found out just before she'd walked into the sauna that she had died. Now she didn't mm. tell me she committed suicide or not. And I didn't really ask, but I didn't even think about it to be honest. It didn't seem to be an issue. Mm. It didn't seem, I don't think it was suicide. That was my impression. Mm-hmm. And literally we had another hour and a half maybe two hours conversation again in the different rooms in the club because we couldn't do it all there. But, you know, it, it was fascinating because she was coming up with all these stories and what's happening. And I was clarifying them for her, what's actually happening, just telling me the story. And I was clarifying and she's really getting it. I mean, she was completely understanding what I was saying, which, which is great, you know, because I've really asked in the sauna to get people who are clear enough, strong enough 
to start taking on board what I'm saying. I don't want those guys who, you know, scared or confused or, you know, that I'm somebody else is very good at helping those guys and not for me. <clears throat> um, so, uh, I, I tend to get them. I tend to get, as you say, this guy took it very well in, in the previous one with that, um, husband and wife team took it very well. Uh, what I was saying and I was being very direct and, um, th that's what I'm asking for when I go in the sauna and I, you know, <laughs> the first thing is this lady, the fact that I had spoken to her before, the fact that she had a strong nudge to go to the sauna. Um, and at the end of that, there was no contract between her and I, no, you know, great bond or not bond or anything. The ending happened on a beautiful level, just ended. <laughs> um, but the, you know, a lot of these kind of conversations where you're helping somebody through a death and all the rest of it, you can build a bond and all the rest of it. For me, that's not the goal. And the way it worked out was just to me sublimely beautiful. For others, maybe they would want it to have created something different, but that's, that's just me. So, um, there, there was another lady in the sauna. Um, again, I was speaking to somebody else and I immediately dived onto hers. Now she's, Chinese and I could see she was she was bringing in two friends she told me these are my two friends that are just bringing in to have a look at the sauna in the area and I realized that they were very Chinese and that she was far more westernized than they were and you know when I said to them my age is 54 it was like <laughs> you know the two two of them was like shocked and um she was uh, not shocked at all. She was aware that, you know, you can ask a Westerner his age and he doesn't really care. Um, but in, in, in China, I, I'm guessing and I can feel by their reaction that this is not something that's ever done. You mm. know, it should be rude or considered whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, but I, I said, you know, have I seen you before in the sauna? No, no, no. She said, we've spoken before. I said, have we? And uh, she said, yes. Actually, I said, yes, I've got it. I know what it was about. Remember I told you uh, on, on the podcast once, there was a lady that shut me up completely because she was going on and on and on about how the Asians are not treated fairly in the UK. I don't know if you remember I, that. That was a while back, but I recall the yeah. conversation. Yeah. yeah. So that was her. <laughs> and... um <clears throat> And I said to her, yes, I remember now. You were sitting over there. I was here and she was agreeing with me completely. And I said, you're going on and on and on about the Asians being um, oppressed or opposed or whatever in, in, in the UK. And, and she was saying, yes. And, the, and the, the, the two ladies next to her said to me something quite weird. They said, um, they said, you must send us your CV. <laughs> I was okay. exhausted by that time because I'd been in there for, for hours. I just said, I hope you got lots of money and I walked out. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it, it is really quite amazing that the universe decided to use me to help somebody who, who just had somebody die, you know, mm. um, and that's the way I look at it. Um, and that is, a bit of an honor, you know, it's quite an honor to, to, to be chosen in an energetic way, um, for that. So yeah, it's, it's really interesting that I'm now meeting a lot of people that I've met before in one way or another. And the conversation is now taken to a very higher level and a higher level and a higher level. So yeah, 
It's also interesting to me how death has become something of a theme the last couple months or so. Because, mm. uh, for instance, Janine B., she's currently on kind of a hiatus, but uh, she's with uh, what's known as a death doula, somebody who's, who uh, works with either a person who's dying or their families or both um, to help them prepare for what's going on. Kind of similar to uh, somebody who's a palliative care person, but more in the non-medical sense. And we also had uh, a guest on that she brought onto the show one of the last days of December, who was also in the same field. And then here you are talking about how you were helping somebody through a, a death situation. It's like there's, it, it's been a theme that has popped up a few times lately. I, and I can think of one other, one or two other times that, that, that has popped up. It popped up in a conversation with David Strickle at one point. Um, and of and course, I think my was, wife is a palliative care nurse. And she is, right? Yep. So it's it's kind of all over the place here. So it's interesting how the theme just keeps recurring. Once again, vibrational, I'm sure. Mm. Oh, Josephine put a question in that I, um, we were in the middle of your stories, so I didn't get to it, but I wanted to mention it. She said, what do you guys think about thought transmission? And she oh, wasn't I was about to say that, car transmission or what? <laughs> well, well, possibly that, yeah. Um, no, she's, she was specific about thought transmission. So if we break down the word thought transmission, She's asking in my other language, she's saying, can your vibration affect others? My answer mm -hmm. is yes, if you let it. This is true. <laughs> this is also the basis for um, a number of different, I don't want to call them studies. I'm, I'm trying to find the right word, phenomena that have come up in conversation lately and that are also just explored in general um, outside of LOA circles. Uh, for instance, we were talking, I think last week about a, and I think this was, this was actually an offline conversation, but we were talking about a documentary that came out within the last couple of years or so uh, exploring the, uh, the, the CIA and the former KGB. I'm not sure what the current name is. Uh, and how they would, they, they did studies investigating the ability to do, um, what they call remote viewing, being able to see what's going on in another place, psychically speaking. Well, that's a form of thought transmission. Um, and that's from completely outside LOA circles. Um, mm, within LOA circles, would, you have. I, I would look at it slightly differently. I would look at it as your vibrational interpreting machine tuning into different frequencies or specific frequencies in this instance, as opposed okay. to something being transmitted to you, I'd rather see it as you receiving something. Okay. Well, for me, a transceiver is both a transmission device and a receiving device, but that's okay. Not necessarily. I'm, I'm a radio doesn't transmit, does it? it? It can potentially transmit, but it doesn't necessarily have to. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, a human can transmit, but in this instance, if if you're doing remote viewing, you're really trying to tune into a specific frequency. Mm-hmm. Well, on the other hand, in the movie that uh, I was re referencing, uh, and the, the title, in case anybody's interested, is called Third Eye Spies. I yeah, I, I watched, started watching that. Yeah. yeah, I watched it on Saturday. Mm. Wait, wait, what'd you think of it? I thought it was good, yeah. I thought yeah. it was just quite incredible, just the accuracy of... How they located it. The one with the cabin where they was just like, give us some, right, some yeah. like 
things and it was like no no that's not where I was thinking and literally just the other side of the mountain it's exactly what two of them were describing mm-hmm. got me in a bit of trouble mm-hmm. as well didn't it <laughs> yeah that's true uh, <laughs> but I guess what I'm thinking is uh, I'm thinking of the part where they showed a group of people who were working together to try to kind of group view something and it was being transmitted to him by another group in another place. Well, to me, mm-hmm. that's a thought transmission. Ah, okay. I didn't realize that there's somebody else was trying to transmit a thought. Yeah, yeah. two groups okay. in two different places. And, and <clears throat> the, the, the image they were trying to uh, send across was the uh, image from the first lunar landing, the lunar landing, and so yeah, forth. you mentioned. Right. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I guess it could go either way. Um, I but mean, even if you're doing a result... In, in, in the spy world, because I was really into it, <laughs> um, <laughs> I wanted to be assassin or a spy, one of the two. Um, it, I, it was very much about basically... I can't see you as an assassin. I just have to say this. I can't see you as an assassin. <laughs> you, you'd, you'd be much more likely to debate them to death than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> There are many ways to kill a person. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they did say that in there, didn't they? They had people who'd kind of transmitted the choking and somebody was struggling to breathe. Mm-hmm. Yep. True. If you think about my voodoo experience. Absolutely. Mm. Um, There's another example. Similar kind of thing, yeah. Um, yeah. That would be a transmission. But mostly, most of the time, they just wanted to know the secrets and the locations of um, enemy of enemies and enemies and their and their stuff. <laughs> yeah, what's the stuff going on? I'm also curious. You guys saw the section of that particular program where the uh, I guess he was at that point head of CIA. Uh, denied in the mid-1990s, right after President, former President Jimmy Carter kind of let the cat out of the bag inadvertently, um, went on to deny that there had been any value at all from the program because they'd been testing this for years and they had not gotten nothing of value out of it, um, which, which the guys in this uh, particular documentary who were kind of a part of that program denied profusely and he gave the evidence of the things that they had found. But nevertheless, he, he, he very vociferously made his argument. And for me, I don't know what, what your reaction was for me. My reaction was, well, that's just proof positive that they actually did find something because he's doing his damn best to sell us on the idea that they didn't <laughs> so they can keep doing it. <laughs> but I don't know. Is that what you thought? I mean, that, that was, to me, that was like the obvious response. But, but then again, Louise didn't, didn't see it that way until I pointed it out to her. When I pointed it out to her, she said, yeah, okay, I, I see that. But I, I thought it was so obvious that everyone would see it. Apparently not. Yeah, mm. no, that's exactly what I thought. I thought it was definitely still going on because all the evidence that they did have, you know, it just proved it. So I thought it's just a case of they're, they're closing that down just so everybody thinks it's not no longer being reviewed. And, and they were hitting it so hard. I mean, I can't remember that, what that guy's name is, but he was hitting that point so hard that it, it, it's almost like he was saying, pay attention, there is no such thing as ghosts. I mean, it's just <laughs> like, like, I'm going to convince you of this thing. It wasn't your casual my, dismissal. It was just like, I'm going to throw this down and make sure that you don't believe it. 
<laughs> and it was just a fluke that this one time we did do it, they managed to locate a plane in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that was that was accident. <laughs> <laughs> it was great luck, though. <laughs> Wasn't it, Jess? <laughs> you, you know, in my early 20s, I did a lot of study on out-of-body experiences. The Monroe Institute, for one, who made a scientific study of it. Um, mm. mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the evidence is overwhelming. <laughs> and then I had my own experiences, which is proof beyond proof. Um, but to control it is a, is a rare individual to be able mm. to go at will. That's what I was going to say, Louis. I quite fancy the idea of being sort of working towards something like that because I think that just must be You want to come spy on me, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) Only when you're in the sauna. (laughs) Oh, God, I'm blushing now. Um, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh, dear. So so that's that's one of the, the things that, that, that pops up in most of the books is, you know, don't do it for spying. <laughs> that kind of falls into the category of... And have a look around. That kind of falls into the category of don't press the red button. The red button. Do oh, not press God. the red button. <laughs> I mean, it, it's quite a fascinating feeling walking through a wall and feeling the bricks and you know, the cement and all the stuff on the pipes um, as you, as you walk through a wall, it's, it's, it's really, it's quite an experience, you know, and then, you know, a door's closed. How do I get out? Oh, I have to walk through the door. Oh, there's a ceiling. Let me just pop out of the top. I mean, I used to, I used to go uh, and just sit over the town when I was younger or the city uh, and, and just sit there and watch the people leave their bodies. Uh, it's just great. You just sit above the, you know, like 20, 20 meters above the, 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 um, the, the town city or whatever. And you just watch as people go to sleep, popping out and popping out and popping out. It's really cool. <laughs> wow. Hmm. Okay. So how do you work towards that? I mean, I know you say you've got to be like, you want to know how to, how, how to, uh, begin to learn to have OBEs. Yeah. So the beginning stage, the easy way is, is to become hyper aware of your dreams. Okay. Write them down, make them, um, because you go from dream, uh, dreaming to lucid dreaming to conscious out of body experience. That's the natural easy way of doing. Okay. Okay. The hard way is sitting there and visualizing your body above your body and floating upwards and you try and mirror yourself. Um, <clears throat> looking in your third eye often helps. Um, just stilling the mind in as much ways as possible. Trying to stay awake for as long as possible while you're going to sleep. Just being aware of that that little area just before you're going to sleep and staying in there, staying aware of that for as long as possible because that is that is the point where you you start zipping out. <clears throat> so okay. you want to do it consciously, so you need to hold that awareness. And it's really difficult. It's really challenging. Okay. I've got a friend I was chatting to the other day. He's in America. Um, 
and he says he's now he's now able to achieve out of body experience on a daily basis, and he, he kind of doesn't let go until he has achieved it every single day now. Wow, really? um, he's he's made that level of focus and commitment. So you know, I really admire that. We're long, long-term friends and have long, very fascinating conversations. <laughs> he's very um, world-aware. He understands the. <clears throat> the energies of the world and how they're moving with so much clarity. You know, he said to me before Corona, he said, go get toilet paper. He said, <laughs> they're going to run out. So I went and got toilet paper because I knew this guy knows. <laughs> and I was happy that I did because it was run out everywhere. Um, you know, he, he just has, he has so much awareness on little basic things and simple things and huge understanding of different countries and cultures and, and, and the implications and the ramifications and the, the moving forward of it all. And he can really see it. You know, he listens to the news, not because <clears throat> he wants to get negativity, but because he can really see through everything. <laughs> he just sees through it all. Um, so it so do you get the impression, character. do you get the impression that he already has the sensitivity and that's why he's interested in out-of-body experiences or do you get the sense that his interest in out-of-body experiences helped him develop this level of sensitivity he is a spiritual seeker and the path he's chosen focuses very strongly on out-of-body experiences as a way of achieving your enlightenment and strengthening it and and learning in the inner planes etc the non-physical planes. There are schools there, there are teachers in the non-physical, which you could far easier access than trying to travel all the way to the Himalayas or something. Um, you, you can now access these, these schools and these teachings. Um, and I've been to a few of them and they are mind blowing <laughs> on a level, you know, I don't even bother talking about it. It's just nobody will get it. <laughs> Somebody's been there. Yeah. You haven't been there. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people just say I'm talking rubbish, but you know, so I've kind of given up spending almost any time on, on, on that. It's just really out of people's, most people's realm, um, of awareness and experience. And it's, it's, I'm not being condescending. It's, it's, it was difficult for me. You know, how many years I spend trying to have an out of body experience? You have no idea. Um, and every single one happened when I wasn't focused and trying. My, I don't know if Amory's heard this, but my, I like talking about my first experiences. My first out-of-body experience, um, I was suddenly wide awake and aware, and I was heading from my bed that was really, really high up, and I was heading headfirst down to the floor, and I was saying to myself, I hope to God I'm not in my physical body. <laughs> <laughs> And then I zooped around the corner. Around the corner was my bicycle. And the back of my bicycle were two reflectors. And in the astral realm, which is probably what I, where I was, um, not causal, mental, etheric, or soul. And there are different levels that you can travel. You can soul travel or you can astral travel. There's a difference. Um, and then I went around the corner. I saw these reflectors. And they were so scary. They were so shocking that um i woke up in my body heart was pounding and i was like oh my god that is so bright <laughs> <laughs> you know i mean like what a waste of experience i'd like <laughs> conscious and then i i wake up because i reflect on my damn bicycle they were covered up from then on by the way <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so you know I have, oh, you should have I'm, you should have felt some relief there 
Because you didn't actually hit the floor face first. So you should have said, oh, good, this is good news. Yeah, I mean, I kind of felt that as I was going around the corner to hit the bicycle lights. <laughs> you know, I was relief. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> so I guess the whole first experience is a little bit uh, disorienting no matter what you do. Um, not necessarily, but I promise you, looking down at your body, it's really a wacko experience. <laughs> you can start looking at the health of your body from that perspective as well, and you can start seeing problem areas. It's very useful for self-diagnosis of um, ailments in your own body. If you've got enough control and awareness to hold it and bring back the information consciously and awarely, et cetera, et cetera. Um, many times you fall asleep and then you wake up and it's vanished. You know, you've only got dribbles of what it was. Mm. Um, so you really, yeah, I mean, I don't know if Anne-Marie's heard them, but I'll, I'll go on telling you some other stories. I, I often, after I, so I did Tai Chi. There's so many depths and breadths to it. And Tai Chi I did in my dreams. And when I did Tai Chi in my dreams, I woke up as a conscious, lucid dreaming, I suppose you'd say it. And then it changed yeah. into um, soul travel. So I used to practice endlessly moving through the arms of chairs, you know, just gliding through perfectly so I didn't hit anything, you know, and just practicing. I used to run and then jump up and try fly, and then I'd fall down again. And then, you know, it's very much like the Matrix, if you've ever seen it, where he tries to jump from one building to the other. You know, he runs and he, he sees um, uh, uh, Morpheus. Morpheus do it, and then he was like, then they said, nobody's ever done the first one. They're all watching in, in, in the ship. And he runs and he jumps and he falls down. <laughs> and it's very much like that. I mean, I was running and falling down, falling, running, because I really wanted to fly, you know. So right. it took me ages to get to that stage. And then um, then I always used to go back to my home house in the mountains where I was brought up for the first 18 years of my life. So I would fly in from Durban all the way to Barberton, eight-hour drive, but in the astral body, it takes seconds. So I remember flying over the valley and coming down to the house, and there was always something there for me. Um, one time there was a choice. I had a choice. Mm. There was that grandma's, um, weave woven chair, which I'd burnt and next to it was an elephant. And as I came down, I knew I had to choose between the burnt chair that I burnt as a kid <laughs> or, or the elephant. So, Hey, I said, no, no, I don't want anything to do with this chair. That's old. Um, let's go with the elephant. So the elephant like Dumbo took me up into the air and started flying took me to the moon, took me past the sun and took me past uh, planets, galaxies and, and, and at a speed that is beyond speed. You have never <laughs> yeah, I can't explain it, but it was so fast and, you know, I was hugging onto this elephant for this warmth and I could feel the cold of space. Yeah. I don't know why, because in the astral generally you don't feel that cold, but it's damn cold out there. <laughs> it's cold. It's cold. And I was holding onto this elephant with all my uh, might for its warmth. <laughs> and then as I looked around and I saw this getting faster and faster and it wasn't slowing down, I just got too scared. <laughs> Woke up in the body, heart pounding and going all over the place. Uh, but many times, another, another one which I find quite interesting is 
um, I flew down and next to the house is a pool and the pool area is a big flat area. And there was a lot of people there in their astral bodies. Mm-hmm. And they said, Hey, Louie, come. I said, yeah, what are we doing today? And they said, we're going to the moon. So I said, cool, let's go. So we all started <laughs> raising off the ground and we flew to the moon and on the moon in the astral people live there. There's towns and there's people and there's yeah. stuff in, in on that level of vibration that I went to the moon. These guys are there. So it's, it's, uh, was shocking for me because I came back kind of this whole thing that, you know, moon, there's nothing there. Nobody lives there. And then I had this experience with all these people there. And then I started getting to the conclusion that, you know, it was in, in, in the different space time, uh, different vibration that I tuned into. And it, it was so, so there's so many things that are so different to our reality here that you have a sensor. And when you come back, it cuts off a lot of the information that um, that you would normally remember or see in this physical universe, you know, chair, table. But these things are so colors you've never seen before, spaces, places, walking through walls. You know, it's just very unusual to do in the physical universe. So you've got all these experiences and, and this, there's a sensor in you that, that cuts them off because you need to continue living in this physical world. Well, probably also you need to process it. I mean, that's a lot to process. Yes. Yeah. And I was going to, do you feel like you are awake still or asleep? Completely aware, more aware than anything. There's no doubt in your mind that this is um, 100% not a dream, not an illusion, not a drug, not a, not a, not any, I've never taken drugs. I don't really know that, (laughs) but but people say they have these kind of experiences with drugs. Um, it is you're you 100% aware of how aware it is. There's no difference between your level of awareness. Actually, it's even greater um, awareness than it is in a normal physical day. It is incredibly aware. There's no it. doubt in your mind. Once you've had the experience, there's no doubt. People can tell you you're dreaming, you're making the stuff up, you're eluding yourself, you've got an active imagination. They can tell you what you want, but you know it's not true after a while especially when you meet up with friends there, especially when you sit there and you watch different people leave their body, especially when you help people transition between life and death. Um, uh, because you now have the ability as, as a physical human to be in, in that realm, you, you can sometimes help. And I did once I was um, allowed to help somebody else transition from death, uh, from physical life to death and, and to know what to do in the environment. So, you know, it, it's, uh, I don't know, you know what to explain. I mean, there's, there's so much and nobody's going to believe me, you know, I just, I ramble on, but. <laughs> oh, I believe you. I don't I quite understand you. it, but I believe you. <clears throat> I mean, I know it's... my mum's got, de- my mum's got dementia and she's been in a home. For, well, I've not seen her since uh, COVID. I haven't seen her for two years now. And just one thing that I do is I visualize that I'm above her bed. Mm-hmm. And I'm giving her a kiss good night, and it feels like that's when I could connect to her. So that just brings me comfort because I just feel in my heart that I'm there with her, and that mm-hmm. she's aware of my presence, and just visualize that. That's really her nice. Kiss or I mean, her hand. it's got me through. She, actually, it's got me she through passed away? <laughs> no, not no. She's still here. She, oh, she's as okay. strong as an ox with dementia. <laughs> right. 
Um, I laugh because, you know, how many people would think of being able to communicate in the non-physical with somebody who's got dementia? Uh, that is that's a brilliant. It's, it's amazing. It's very useful. Well, idea. It's, it's just you comforting can. for me. And I feel, yeah, I, it feels real. Mm. It doesn't feel, mm. it feels a bit more than just a visualization. It feels like I feel it, I feel love. And yeah, it just gets me through. I remember going back to the house when my mom died, what, about five, six years ago. Um, I went back to this house where we were all brought up and, and, and mom was always in the kitchen and, um, she literally came through the kitchen window, but the young version of her, not the body that was wasted away. Mm. Um, and we had the most gorgeous chat. Uh, and it was lovely, really, really special. Um, the interesting thing with my dad, he was never that focused on the non-physical, but he, he had a great appreciation for my awareness and I don't know, he liked me. Um, <laughs> and I remember my, my, my sister, my, my, my sister was at his bedside and he was in hospital and she said, you know, he's really out of it, Louis, you know, um, but I said to her very strongly, I want to very definitely today speak to him with video conferencing. Can you arrange it? She was, I'm there at the hospital. Yeah. Why not? Let's do it. But I, but he won't recognize you. So as soon as my sister showed my dad the video cam camera of me talking to him, he immediately said King Louis. And I mean, that was like amazing. I mean, that's complete recognition. He understood the nuance and the reason why, I mean, I often called myself King Louis. Um, and there's a great story behind that. I don't know if I've told you. I don't remember that story. No, I don't. No. Um, I'll, I'll tell you. How much time we've got? Eight minutes. Uh, okay. Ten minutes. Um, so, but but it was a very special um, experience with my dad. This, he, he really talked to me quite relatively lucidly um, at the time. And I never spoke to him ever again. That was it. You know, that was the last time that. Um, so somebody said to me, why do you call yourself King Louis? And I said, uh, they said to me, is it because of the Lion King? I don't know. They thought it was a Lion King. And I said, no, no, no. Why? When I, when I was at school, I had this history teacher boring as hell. Open the book, read the section, answer the questions at the back. And she never said a, said a word, you know, and then suddenly think, she vanished. I'm just a teacher, by the way. I'm just, I'm just saying, but Sorry? <laughs> I think I had the same teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if most of the planet didn't. <laughs> there are the rare exceptions, like the guy who came in her stead. I don't mm. know where she vanished and where he came from because I wasn't aware enough to understand the dynamics of the time frame or anything. But this young, vivacious, strong guy came with these really tight pants showing his... <clears throat> um, and all the rest and all the girls were like googling him and all the rest of it. he was teaching the French revolution with so much passion and he felt French you know he, I don't, he was Afrikaans but he um, Dutch Orient um, but he felt French so in other words to me he lived his last life in France but and maybe during the revolution he was speaking about it with so much passion and we were just absorbing this and all the rest of it and um so he uh, he went to, you know, King Louis the Sixteenth, Maria Antoinette, all her shoes and her kid and 
all the you know and and the beheading and all the rest of it and and you know after that I jokingly called myself King Louis. I just liked the idea, you know, King Louis. Um, and then of course I I marry my wife and her name is uh, Annette, which is from Austria, and. Of course, King Louis was married to Maria Antoinette, and mm-hmm. guess what? My wife's mother's name is Maria. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm I married Maria Antoinette from my previous life, <laughs> and her mother was the Queen of Austria. No, I'm just joking. But um, I always wondered why I had that crick in my neck, you know, King Louis. You know, it's still there a little bit. <laughs> So, you know, I don't care if I was or wasn't King Louis. It makes no difference to me. Um, and looking at it from an Abram perspective, you may have just tuned your vibration into that lifetime, that person. And then that's why many people think they were kingless or whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, none of that's important to me. But it was really the whole coincident aspect of Antoinette, Annette, Maria, Maria, King Louis, from school back in the days, like I was 14 years old, 15 years old when this all happened. So, um, yeah, I just thought it was a fascinating, you know, link of all the things that I put together one day. Well, if you were King Louis in reality, then there's a decent chance you were related to my wife because mm. she's been tra- tracing her ancestry and, and she's not a hundred percent sure, but she thinks there's a chance she's, that she's descended from French royalty. So, you know, there's a yeah. link going on there. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the 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 French were really interesting to study. If you ever look at the history, they are fascinating. They have, yeah, very very interesting world. Even the story about Marie Antoinette. I read a book about the inner life, the the stuff that you didn't see about Marie Antoinette, and you know, she was warned by a very highly spiritual individual said, use your son to bridge the country and to, and to unite the country. Um, and she didn't, she, ref- she, she just carried on with her frivolous ways. <laughs> it's like exactly the opposite of what my wife is. <laughs> it's like she learned her lesson in her lifetime. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I can't remember what it was. There was a television program my wife was watching. She she picks up all these obscure documentaries and so forth. And I think this was one of those kinds of pieces. Uh, but it basically, not disputed, but gave a different spin on the whole Louis Antoinette story mm. to the point where it, it, it apparently, according to these storytellers, um, both Antoinette and Louis were working with the more moderate of the revolutionaries, making changes and, and mm-hmm. creating alliances and so forth that would, that would produce at least potentially a good result. And then I don't, don't remember what the exact sequence of events was, but there was a sequence of events where there was a shift in power. Apparently these shifts in power were happening all the time because of these revolutionary councils that were all over the place. They were all kind of in competition with each other. And the group that they were associated with were suddenly out of power. And there was another group that they were not associated with that were suddenly in power. Then all of a sudden, okay, off with their heads. So mm. it's not quite the story that we hear typically told in history class. The history class story was actually kind of a bastardization according to this particular tale. So I, I don't know why I thought of that. It's just, 
to me, it, 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 if nothing else, it shows that history, it's kind of like the way they break that up into two pieces. It's his story. Who's telling the story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Depends, I like the story more than his story usually. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but there was another, another thing that in the revolutionaries um, had a psychic and he checked out everybody who came. And made sure that what they were saying was true and they were, you know, really revolutionaries uh-huh. and not a spy. Mm-hmm. And there was this one guy with this really dark aura and he couldn't see anything past at all. So because he had never experienced anything like this, he let the guy in. And that was the first and only guy that managed to break in and, and get the information of who the revolutionaries were and all the rest of it. Um, but he was able to hide his his aura with a with mm. kind of like a black field and but it got this the cell of revolutionaries completely destroyed and killed because, you know they relied so heavily on the psychic mm. well that's word to the wise in the CIA don't completely rely on the remote viewers <laughs> <laughs> things change <laughs> they do indeed i have to say when you were talking earlier about the uh um astral projection or whatever you want to call it, the, 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 the travel out of body, the out of body experiences. I, I, I'm still not at the point where I really want to pursue them, but you heighten my interest to a greater level mm. than before. I just thought mm. I'd mention that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the journey for human. Oh, there's so much I want to say on the subject, but um, basically it's, it's more into the non-physical. And there's a reason for it, and I can explain it and break it down, and that'll be another session. <laughs> a fair point with only two minutes left, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really interesting, really interesting. Once you start grasping it, um, you appreciate the efforts made by those of us who are really focused on spirituality slash source energy or slash more importantly, the way Abram puts it, alignment. Mm. Uh, alignment with source, not with anything physical. Meaning what? Meaning that that is stable. So if Anne-Marie loves me and then tomorrow she hates me, I'm feeling good one day and I'm feeling bad the next day. But if gotcha. I'm in alignment with source, you know, I appreciate her when she loves me and I appreciate her when she hates me. <laughs> and you can keep that level of alignment. And that, that is really what spirituality is largely about. It's more sure. the connection mm-hmm. with the non-physical and the stability of, of who you really are. Um, yeah, that's the short version. There's, there's a lot more can be said on that. One. Well, we'll save the rest of it for next week then. Yeah. That's yeah, a nice more. topic. Yeah. That's good stuff. So, okay. Well, this has been fun, very meandering, but those are often the most interesting kinds of conversation. Um, whether or not there's actual thought transmission going on, I'm not really sure. But if there is, we just put a whole bunch of thoughts out on the transmission wire. There, there better be some some truth in thought transmission with that power of eight group. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we're looking forward to that on Thursday. And yeah, in fact, uh, Sam and Luke, who are in the uh, live stream audience, are going to be a part of that. So, yeah. That's great. Good. Yeah. Look forward to seeing you guys, Luke and Sam. A couple, a couple people from the Taya community are going to be there, at least one. Um, and, yeah, so our numbers have expanded. It's going to be a fun experiment mm. this week. All right, guys. Well, thank you very is, much. Is just, just quickly, is Janine coming back or not? 
Eventually, don't know exactly oh, when. Okay. Uh, she basically she's taking care of her elderly mother who is approaching end of life, and so she's very much involved with that. Okay. And that's probably going to be the determining factor. But right, we will just wait and see how it all plays out. So thank you guys. Thank you, live streamers. Thank you, podcast listeners everywhere. And we will see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Have fun. Thank you.